Hello, good morning, good evening, and good night. You are listening to Holding Down the Fort with me, Alejandro Soto. I am currently hanging out in my apartment on the evening of Saturday, June 11th. We just got done with the poetry affair out at the Healing Hands Spa, and I just want to give some big kudos to Kyla, uh, Kyla Walters, who was my last guest on the show. She did a great job uh, putting together another awesome event. I'm super grateful that I got to be a part of it, and people are really interested in, like, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to more stuff happening. Keep your eyes peeled, people. Uh, cool things. Ah, holy cow, someone just let off a fucking bobcat firework or something. This is live recording, folks. Wow, you're getting it all right here tonight. Okay, so, uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, where was I? We had a good time at the... Uh, the poetry affair, <laughs> lots of cool stuff. Um, and today you get to hear a conversation I had with Mr. Aaron Memmer. This guy is a very interesting fellow. I met him at one of the ecstatic dances. I believe it was the Halloween dance last fall. Um, he came out, he came out when a friend, a mutual friend of ours invited him along uh, I don't think she actually showed up to that one, but he did, and it sparked a beautiful friendship, and I'm glad that he made the time to sit down with me before he moved out to Sedona, Arizona, uh, which I, I I am ashamed to say I haven't gotten a hold of him yet. I need to get in touch with him and see how he's doing, how the trip is going, because a lot of stuff is going to be happening out there for him. I'm excited to see what he does with the future welcome to the future people it's here it's now it's chrome plated and will take a spit shine like no other previous version of the present moment could so sit back relax and enjoy this conversation oh wait before you do that let me tell you what's going on in the next two weeks so let's see it's the 11th today so on the 16th we have an ecstatic dance at silver birch the caravan is coming through from los angeles and they're doing a whole bunch of stuff through the weekend and tulip tree is putting on a dance as part of their events and then, so that's this Friday, this coming Friday. Then a week after that, June 23rd, I'm doing sound for the Renegade Queer Pride Cookout party at Sweeney Park here in town. I guess this is the second year they're doing it and they needed someone to bring the sound and the music and I, I'm getting to do it. I'm th I think it's going to be pretty cool. Uh, yeah, it's Pride Month and stuff. So it's like an anti-Pride Pride party uh not in like that it's against the pride but it's like against the corporatization of the queer culture which i am all about like it kind of pisses me off walking into target and seeing like pride flag hanging lights in the cheap toy section i mean it's like you know it's great for visibility and all but like i don't know there's some something that reduces the innate value of a culture when it is converted into something 
that is a, a source of profit. And I'm, I'm not into that. But I am into people hanging out in the park and cooking good food and having good times. So come on down to the Renegade Queer Cookout Party, June 23rd. And then the day after that, June 24th, is the first Healing Hands Night Market, where I will be bringing the music. Uh, there's going to be a lot of good stuff. They're always really fun. So come on down to that June 24th. And now, sit back, relax, and enjoy this conversation I had with Mr. Aaron Memmer. to yet i think we'll i'll do that at the end i like to put a song at the end of the podcast generally oh okay um okay cool and so i thought if you want to play that to close it out we can kind of reset and absolutely uh, once we're done talking and have you play a flipping hang drum it's so uh okay so we're recording okay and before we i get started here with mr aaron memmer and kaylee what's your last name what all Kaylee Woodall, who I just met three minutes ago. Before we get into it, I want to announce that the that Tom of Indiana Tea last weekend at Hoosier Fest, I ran into him, and past listeners may know that this was the unofficial sponsor of the podcast. At EcoFest, I told Tom that, and he offered me a free bottle of tea. So he became the official sponsor of Holding Down the Fort. So thank you to Tom. Uh, I'm drinking the Get Off My Ceylon, and you guys are enjoying... We have the Slightly Sweet, Mostly Green Indiana Tea Brewery. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Straight up. It's got a spaceship and turtle on it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty awesome. Yeah, he... uh, Puts a whole bunch of stuff in the labels that are like Indiana, like it's the Albanese gummy bears Uh um, on these. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, it's really sweet. And it's just damn good tea. It is good. It's It's very good. Yeah. 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 It's not, and it's not overly sweet, but it's sweet enough that, you know, for around here, if if you're into sweet tea, I'd say it hits the spot. Mm -hmm. Coming from Georgia, I approve. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dude, that's a real feel of approval. And maybe a southerner wouldn't dig it, but yeah, it's good. cool, yeah, cool. <laughs> so, Aaron, yes. we do. Uh, I I don't really have a plan. I don't go into these with a plan. Yeah, that's um, fair. But I do kind of like to start with how, ask like going over how we met, and it was yeah. just not too long ago. It was no, maybe it was last four, year. Four or five months ago. Yeah, it was uh, end of last year. Yep, it was the ecstatic dance. Probably what was the last uh, summer or the last uh, outdoor one that you guys had last year. Uh, Yeah, that's right. If I was invited to that one, I think that was about August. I think it was October. August or October, somewhere I, in there. I think it was yeah. Halloween. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Thriller. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, that's right. Yeah, the around there, around that time. Yeah, yeah. It was that one. Yeah, it was great. I, I know I showed up early. You guys were still setting up, and I met you first, um, mm-hmm. and then uh, went over to Julia and everybody, and, and just got kind of acquainted. I was like, how can I help out? You know, this is really great, because mm-hmm. I had just gotten back um, 
from Sedona and well, not recently, but I had experienced my first ecstatic dance out there and I had been looking for one in Fort Wayne and knew nothing about it. And I ended up meeting uh, Ashley. Uh, she was a, mm -hmm. const a continual patron of, of the dances and she invited me out and she's like, yeah, you should come to ecstatic dance. I was like, there's ecstatic dance in Fort Wayne. <laughs> like, I didn't know that. Like, this is exactly what I'm looking for. And so, you know, there I was. Yeah. 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 And yeah, that, I, I am surprised that there's so many people, like so many cool people that I haven't met. Thankfully, mm -hmm. there are. Um, I hope I haven't met all the cool people <laughs> out there um, in my short life so far. Uh, so, but you're from Fort Wayne, right? Yeah, you're Fort like, Wayne, born and raised. Cool. Yep, all cool. my life. What's that yep. been like for you? How... It's It's been interesting because growing up, uh, my dad, um, one of his life goals was for however many kids he had, he would get them to all the states before they were 18. And so every other year we would go on these big trips and we'd travel across the country. Um, and so I've been very fortunate to, you know, be able to see pretty much the entirety of the country aside from the major outliers. So like Maine, Hawaii, and some of those. Um, so I kind of already had a sort of lay of the land, so to speak, uh, before I even got into my twenties. Um, and so I had, we'd always kept coming back to Fort Wayne, you know, of course it's home and all our families here. And I, for a long time, just got situated here and just like, yeah, this is where I'm going to be. This is where I'm going to live. And, um, I had read, um, it was one of the Celestine prophecy books many years ago and Sedona was mentioned in there. And I made my first trip out there in 2018 and it left a very powerful impression on me. And I had been frequenting there once or twice every year since. And uh, it was one of those moments where just the way that my life had developed and how things had shifted uh, going into college and then the things I was learning and the experiences I began to have, it just all seemed to gravitate to, well, Fort Wayne's great and all, and I love it. I mean, it's, it's a nice packed little town, but feels like a big town and and everything's nice and orderly kind of deal and and you know i had you know a really great situation stuff just was nice you know it's just comfortable i i think a lot of it was just that you know in that comfortability it just got too stagnant and the trips going out to sedona it was just these constant up levels if you will mm -hmm. and it just got to the point where my life and my experiences it just got i, I began to get lonely here in town and it was hard for me to connect with people. And it wasn't until I found the Ecstatic Dance Group and all of you guys that I really started to feel like I was finally connecting with a part of what I had been going to Sedona for for a long time. Mm -hmm. And um, so it's Fort Wayne's great town. I love it. And I love seeing that you know, you're doing the Ecstatic Dance and that there are people getting more involved in these things. Um, and I think just for me, it was just time for a change because I've been here all my life. Mm -hmm. And, you know it's a good opportunity and, and it's been a great privilege to, you know, test a lot of what I have experienced and a lot of what I believe and, and to go forth into it. And Fort Wayne was definitely like a, a gestation ground, you know, kind of like an incubator. There we go. That's a better word for it. And so it's now it's kind of like, yep, time to hatch, time to, time to do it. So. You're alluding to it, but you haven't blatantly said it. So I will. You're leaving Fort Wayne. I am leaving yeah. Fort Wayne. It, yeah. it is official. Yeah. yeah I'm When's... leaving. Yeah. When's your ship out date? I know you've been this Friday organizing yeah, it. June cool. 2nd. Yeah, June second. Cool. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Packing it's... up the trailer and hitching it to the car, and nice. we're going on a little road trip for about a week. We're gonna go out to Colorado and check mm -hmm. it all out, and then go down through Mount Zion, and okay. and then finally arrive 
home in Sedona. So nice. it's it's a little bittersweet, you know, mm-hmm. been seeing everybody and all that kind of stuff and saying, you know, see you later. I don't like to say goodbyes, mostly see mm-hmm. you laters. Um, Nobody and, ever gets out of Fort Wayne forever. It's, <laughs> it's one of the, Fort Wayne does have this kind of, it, there is this draw about it and there's no denying it. Um, I think... You know, in my family, only one of my direct relatives has actually moved out of state. He's in Topeka, Kansas, and he's pretty much been there. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, you know, especially since meeting Kaylee and just everything that's been happening in Sedona, you know, I definitely foresee being there and then traveling around and, you know, working that way. Um, So definitely we'll be coming back to Fort Wayne. You know, there's no doubt about that and, Mm -hmm. and doing whatever we'll be doing at the time. Um, so that's all just going to kind of work itself Mm -hmm. out accordingly. So what's been the, the theme of the gestation period for you? Um, I would say surrender. Surrender Mm -hmm. has been probably the major underlying theme of, you know, being willing to trust in the life I've been choosing and seeing the, uh, reactions to my actions and you know the different lessons and things that I've kind of gone through and then fully giving into the will of whatever is guiding it all and you know it wasn't until March that you know like I said I had been frequenting Sedona for a long time and every time it was more like yeah I really need to be here like just the feeling was there but it wasn't like strong enough really to go you know Mm -hmm. and I'd recently gotten deeper involved in music therapy and sound healing and all of that and gotten to the point where I was starting to feel like really confident like yeah you know if I do go to Sedona I could I could make this work like this could happen like you know it might take a little bit of work and you know a little bit of effort but you know that's where it's wanted you know that's where kind of the market's at and here in Fort Wayne it's still kind of an emerging thing and people are kind of like well I'm not sure how I feel about that right now Mm -hmm. you know and so it's one of those things that I sat back and, you know, I, we met on a Sunday and we started talking and my whole thing was that I knew I could do it alone, but I ultimately wanted a partner to do it with because there's so much more that you can do with someone else with you. And we met at a local church there and we were uh, mutually connected through an Airbnb that we go out to. Shout out to Casa Ramuda. Um, they are the Airbnb to stay at if you go to Sedona. Their prices are super affordable and you will meet amazing people. Some of the most incredible people. I, I like to always give a shout out to my buddy, Andrew. Uh, he was the first person I encountered, one of the first people I encountered there. And he does a practice called Hoshindo, which is a bee venom therapy. And I just thought that was incredible. So that's kind of like a taste of some of the people you meet. They're all walks of life. I mean, I've met people from New York, Texas, Florida, you know, Washington, Oregon, like just all around. And they all come with unique experiences and unique journeys. And it's definitely the place to stay when you go. Uh, but anyway, we, uh, we met there. We got to talking. And I was going to my favorite cafe for a drink. And she had never been. So I was like, well, you want to join me? Like, we'd love to talk more and maybe get to know you. And she's like, yeah, sure, why not? And so we go and we start talking and uh, she knows nothing about me at this point. And she, I ask her how she found her way to Sedona and she tells me her story. And at the end of it, she's like, yeah, but I really came out here because I want to pursue my interest in sound healing and like music therapy. And I want to play singing bowls. And I got my first one and like, you know, just incorporate all those instruments and stuff. And I'm just sitting there and I'm like, "Uh uh-huh, yeah. Just keep telling me how serendipitous all this has been. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, we met. And, and so from there, I just asked her, I was like, so what are you doing this afternoon? She's like, well, I got to get groceries. But after that, nothing. Why? What's up? And I said, well, how would you like to play a full set of singing bowls and some hang drums? She's like, yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. Just... And from there, you know, we haven't stopped speaking. And well, obviously we're, you know, here. And it's it's been one of those moments where for me, it was like, okay, so there's this place that I love. I have a community there. I've met tons of people and, you know, have connections. It's every time I go, I just feel very, very light and like it's where I'm like supposed to be. And in the time that we were apart, um, as doors began to close here in Fort Wayne, doors were opening over there. And I'm like, okay, all the signs are pointing me to head out that way. And the sooner the better. And so in the past, well, two months, less than two months, yeah. you know, everything shifted in a way that, well, again, going out this Friday on the second. Yeah. So it's like, wow, yeah, this is incredible how fast it's Trying to keep happened. up. Yeah. Trying to keep up with how fast it's been moving. We're like, okay, let's run with it. You know, let's go. Why not? And it's been a huge moment of surrender for sure. Um, yeah. That's and, cool. Yeah. And that's, that's been cool. a lot of my experiences between, you know, the things that have happened to me out in Sedona and some of the reasons even how I got out to Sedona on some trips and, you know, the things that inspired a lot of it. And it's just been a slow learning of that and what that means to give in. And it's not a matter of like giving up because it's like, I'm not surrendering control of my life. I'm just choosing to give that control to something bigger than me that I fortunately actually can see it in motion and see it in action. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's pretty incredible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, yeah. That's interesting. Uh, and it's neat. You bring up control. Like, I think I talked about this with someone on a previous episode about how like this spring I've had some p moments of lamentation, wondering how much like, control and power and like agency I have in my own life um like wondering if I'm just a pawn at the the whims of the blowing of karma and like if mm -hmm. uh, am I just is at all are all the causes and conditions of the past predetermining what's going to happen to me now and so mm -hmm. is there you know <laughs> is there anything i can do that will even make a difference mm -hmm. and like kind of now that i talk about it when i'm not wrapped up in that it's maybe not bad <laughs> like because you know, like, yeah. like, uh, like there isn't anything i can do mm -hmm. to change anything mm -hmm. <laughs> like, it, like a part of me understands that but like Maybe that's the thing that I don't want to surrender to. Yeah. It's like I want to, like when I was in those periods of lamentation and it was causing me suffering, I wanted control over the the way that the events were unfolding mm -hmm. and really like it, the thing my friend told me was like the place that I like we have the most power and agency is like in how we choose to act. Mm -hmm. um, like, mm -hmm. there's nothing you guys could do to determine that you met each other, but like you being open to listening to Kaylee talk about all the stuff you want to do, and instead of blurting out, I have singing bowls. Yeah. Like, yeah. like that. That's a choice yeah. right there. Mm -hmm. Like maybe it was subconscious, but like. The, those like little thing and, and it's like it seems like little things 
mm-hmm. in little places where we can find that ability to like embody the decision maker in our life, mm-hmm. but the, it, it like always it takes yeah. the observer. Yeah. 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 Like, it's like how to balance both. Yeah. And how to like surrender to being the <laughs> divine decision maker in yeah. your own experience. Like, yeah. like it's, it's really cool to hear you talk about that. Yeah. I like to, for you. I like to say that a lot of the, the biggest changes in my life occurred at the on January 1st of 2014 um, so that year, I had been deeply embedded in a spiritual and religious metaphysical kind of knowledge and like really learning about, you know, like karma and like uh, cause and effect and like all that kind of stuff. And one of the things it talks about is like, you know, like changing your habits or changing your lines or changing your energies and like all that kind of stuff. And one of the things I thought about was that, well, if, if you want to make changes, you need to do something new, you know, do something, do something out of the ordinary, something that, you know, like, you know, if you've never gone rock climbing, you know, or something, or if you've never uh, ridden a bike and you, you want to learn how to ride a bike now. Uh, for me, it was interesting because I wanted to find something that I had been doing for as long as I could remember. And I like to joke with people. I'm like, yeah, you know, everything changed when I decided to brush my teeth with my left hand <laughs> because I had always brushed my teeth with my right hand. And I knew going into it, both on a sort of psycho-spiritual level, but on a biological level, by switching my hand, I began to do new motor functions. So new neural pathways were firing because I had to adjust to what the feeling of brushing my left hand was. And then the brain has to act and all that. And so in that triggering, it triggers more neurons to fire and connect. And at that point, that was sort of where the whole notion of surrender came into play because then I was like, okay, what what will come of this action, this choice to do this differently? Mm -hmm. And can I perceive it? Mm -hmm. Can I perceive changes in my life because I do this one thing? Mm -hmm. Mm, That's cool. Yeah. I I actually have a moment that I can kind of point to. That's a little like that. I don't know if everything changed, but I remember I dropped something behind my desk Uh and noticed the voice come up in my head of laziness that said, ah, fuck it. I don't need to get it. (laughs) I have to bend over and like strain to pick up this thing that I don't even really need. And I like checked myself and was like, wait, uh, uh, you're gonna, you're (laughs) fucking over future you because future you is going to have to do that. Just do it now. And in that moment I was like, I started calling out that little voice that says, fuck it. And I was like, no, no, no. And it was kind of like what you're saying of like making a change. I was able to like, in my own small little sphere of the universe, create a change in my own self, like, like at least noticing a habit. It's Mm -hmm. like, I still have it come up and like sometimes drop stuff behind the desk and don't pick it up until a week and a half later. Um, (laughs) you know, I'm human, but But like awareness is there. Yeah. I know. Yeah. And that's a huge step. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I always say with those thoughts that come up, it's more kind of like ego driven in a sense. Um, that's always send it with love and light always like no matter Mm -hmm. how negative those thoughts might be of you know body shaming or you're dropping something oh i'm lazy and i can't pick up my own shit those thoughts always send it back with some Mm -hmm. love and light because you're just treating yourself with kindness even though because that's part of you part of you that comes up yeah and how to just respect it 
but I'm also not going to do that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's like being a loving parent. Yeah. To yourself. <laughs> yeah. I, exactly. I, yeah. I don't have any children, um, but like I was once a child, and I know that when an adult yelled at me and made me feel bad about doing something, I was not near as likely to actually change my actions than if they were like compassionate to me and were like, Hey, you did this. It would be better to do this. And like, mm-hmm. you come out of front with love and light. Yeah. 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 That's cool. That's really cool. Huh? Surrendering. Yeah. That's a, a tough one. It is. Man. It is. It's a and, tough one. And people think that like, you know, when I was first, you know, getting into surrender and like what that meant. I was like, well, surrender is not a good thing. Cause if you surrender, you lose. Like that's kind of the general, mm. like the group idea, the, the mind, the mind think or the whatever word it is, the group think. Um, it's like, yeah. you know, surrendering is like giving up. It's like, yeah, no, I'm not good enough, you know, or whatever. And it's like, no, it's, it, it's not that you're giving up. It's that you're saying it, it's like the way I describe it to some people is like, you know, I'm, I'm the captain of my boat, you know, and sometimes you're in a storm and you're not really sure how to steer the boat, you know, because maybe the, the waves are a bit choppy. But sometimes if you let go of the steering, if you go let go of the rudder, the wheel will spin the way it needs to. And the water will take you where you need to be in order to be safe rather than fighting mm. against it. And so in that way, when you surrender, you're not giving up control saying, oh, I'm done. It's like, no, I need to figure out where this is going. Guide me. Okay, now I'll go. Then I grip and then I steer again. And like, oh, nope, I got to let go again. Okay, then I grip again, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It makes me think of Lieutenant Dan up on the mast. I guess that's all you've got, God. That's all you can throw at me. That's another thought I have when I get Captain Lamentation. <laughs> and then, like, and then I got ego, ego brain. I'm like, if that's all you can throw at me, I can take more. <laughs> and then it like throws more at me. I'm like, not really. There's always more. <laughs> so then how did you get into uh like sound therapy and like that sort of stuff yeah so that's um, like when you i'll give you switched, kind of the clip notes your toothbrush in hand well i had kind of already been in it a little bit so i um to give you the cliff notes version it was i wanted to explore what a relationship with God looked like. Because growing up, it was always, you know, always reading from the Bible, always reading from verses. But I questioned, I was like, well, Moses didn't have the Bible. How did he know it was God? Like, he had the burning bush, right? But I was like, but where's that relationship now? Like, I, and I questioned that. And a lot of the ministers I would ask about it didn't say anything. They didn't know how to say anything or whatever about it. And so I was like, well, it's not like he'd stop. Like, the universe keeps talking, right? Like, I can't imagine that all that would just end. So I ended up diving deep into everything. I went into mythologies and like Celtic Norse. I went into Wiccan. I studied everything. And I ultimately found my way to uh, meditation and like chakras. And the chakras led to like the study of color and and the study of uh, musical notes because they're aligned to different notes. And I was like, oh, that's really interesting. So if you play like a B as an example, that's, a, a note that's attuned to like the divinity of you so like godhead and all, unity and all of that and so i was like okay that's really interesting that music is tied to that and music is like 
the fundamental groundwork of a lot of uh, cultural practices, whether it's, you know, drumming in Africa and, and singing there, or you're in a Benedictine monk church and they're singing, you know, Gregorian chants, you know, or, or however, you know, music has a very powerful place within every form of religion or cultural practice. And I uh, encountered a institute, uh, they're called the Monroe Institute, and they create uh, guided meditation CDs that have like embedded frequencies and stuff in them. And through listening to that, it opened up my world to a whole different dimension of how it all works. And I was like, whoa. So sound has this whole other way that it interacts with our mind, with our spirit, and all of that. And I found my way to a singing bowl. And I began to play with the singing bowl and was like, oh, this is really neat. Like at first, I'll, I'll be honest, I didn't really feel anything. I was like, oh, it's a, it's an F. Sounds great. That's cool. You know, I, I didn't really get it at first. And uh, my first experience that uh, highlighted its effect was I ended up putting water in it. And uh, as I played it, you could see the the form of the the sound in the water. So the water took the shape of the sound wave. And um, I came across the work of Masaru Emoto. He's a Japanese researcher. And he studied the way that frequencies and sounds, in his particular case, like classical music and things like that, when played to water, the way it froze, the water crystals took specific geometric shapes mm -hmm. and I thought that was really interesting and I thought well, wait I'm doing the same thing in the singing bowl so does that mean I'm changing the molecular structure of the water and so what I began to do is experiment with it and with other people and I would take water I'd take a drink I'd pour that same water in the bowl play it then I'd take another drink of the water in the bowl and I began to notice there was an effect and it was also a physical sensation that could happen through the body and then when I would do it for other people the same things would happen to them and I was like, okay, there is so much more to sound than we're even understanding here and or is even being revealed for that matter. Because, you know, if you go to college, sure, you learn music theory and you learn harmonies and, and all of that kind of stuff and, and how different, you know, keys come together. But we don't learn about the various side effects of what it is we're listening to. Mm -hmm. I think anybody can agree that, you know, if you want to change your mood, put on a certain song. You want to feel depressed? Mm -hmm. Put on a depressing song and you start to feel that way. Even Listen if you... to The Cure. <laughs> It'll be so sad so fast. <laughs> Dying your hair black, super right. Yeah, like yeah. that. It's and amazing. So, it's magical. Right. And so there is this effect. And so I thought, okay, well, can we apply that in a way? Can we... Is there a way to work on a person or to provide like healing or something using sound and we have all kinds of tools that exist we have the singing bowls i've recently begun to practice with tuning forks and that has been an absolutely phenomenal experience i i still when i do it when i do tuning fork work on people i still don't know exactly how it works to its core all I know is that I see it on the person when I'm doing it. And then they, when they are, when we're done, they come out of it and they're like, what just happened? Mm -hmm. Like they, they feel completely different and they have this sense of newness or this renewal about them. And it's fascinating. And so all the things that I have come to understand about sound and the way that I grew up with it is totally different. And it's one of those practices where, you know, I feel like, even if it doesn't create like a physical healing, which I think in some respects there is, 
I mean, I can't physically document it. It's not like I'm cutting somebody open, you know, or mm-hmm. doing things like that. I'm not a professional doctor. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you can play like like Alzheimer's patients as an example. You know, we know that if they don't remember something, but you play a song that has like a deep meaning in their life, it usually snaps them right back or they at least remember yeah, it. I yeah. mean, Disney showed it perfectly in the film Coco, you know, when his grandmother, you know, is like she's about near her time of death and she's losing her memory. And then he plays the song and she remembers mm-hmm. and she instantly comes back. And it's like, well, there is this power in music that I think me personally like i think it needs to be explored more if it hasn't already i mean what's the first song that you learn as you're born the abcs you know and Mm -hmm. that sticks with you your whole life and with the tuning forks what you're doing is you're like opening up the energetic field of the person and you're able to move things around using the tuning forks in order to realign And, you know, um, each of our organs, there's certain parts of our bodies that have blocks, um, whether they're resonating at the certain frequency that they should be. uh, When we use the tuning forks, what we're doing is realigning those because we are energetic Mm -hmm. beings. Um, So I do the yeah, we have a ton of research to keep doing. Mm -hmm. um, But I fully 100 percent and believing that it's like a new way of healing, a new way of nurturing the soul as well as like even on like a a physical matter too mm-hmm. so it all kind of started from you know from your original question you know understanding well what is this greater force at work in our in our world and in our reality and you know can i directly experience it and it was through sound that ultimately created that bridge mm-hmm. where then my experiences evolved in such a way that now like something that i've been going through with her is that you know i have been going back to surrender surrendering who i thought i was the identity of the person that grew up in fort wayne acknowledging that that was who i needed to be for all the things that have made me who i am today and lovingly saying that was all of that now but this is now what's happening now. And you need to be in here, be here in this space, not over here. And Mm -hmm. it's been interesting to continually dive deeper into it and experience more of it and to witness how it all can take shape in someone's life. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's an incredible and beautiful journey for sure. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people, you know, with surrender, it's difficult because we are taught to have control, have control of your job, have control of your emotions, have control of, you know, your money, have control of all the things in your life. I've learned that the best type of control you can have is no control because then you're, you're no longer impeded by what you think it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. So there are no longer these great expectations of how life has to be. And I found in the last handful of years, shoot, the more I surrender, the better life seems to get. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm just going to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like letting go of attachments. Yeah. Right. And like in the, the spiritual practice I'm studying and practicing right now, uh, the, the whole thing is that like ignorance is the root of all suffering and ignorance is brought about by attachment and so if you can like release attachments then wisdom can be attained and through the attainment of wisdom suffering is at the very least lessened yeah you can't get rid of it yeah like 
Like, we can try to not make it worse. Yeah. yeah. With, yeah. with, like, some skillful action. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, and that takes letting go of that egoic idea that we have so much control over mm-hmm. everything. And it, it's like a, it's paradoxical, right? In like, a way. like, I think we're, yeah. we're hitting, hitting close to truth because whenever I get into that territory, it gets very paradoxical. Like, oh, yeah. to have control, you have to let it go. You know, the the, the Tao that can be spoken is not yeah, the eternal yeah. Tao kind of shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, well, yeah. and, and it's interesting because, like, a, a way that you can kind of think about it is, like, you know, something we were even reading about, uh, I think, this morning, um, was that, you know, when you are seeking happiness, you're also getting sadness because they're they're both sides of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. And so if you think of it like a pendulum, you know, if you're going happy... Well, you got to go back. You got to go to mm-hmm. the sad side. Like you, you're opting for one, but you're also creating the experience for the other. So you're going to keep swinging. And so in that way, when you can surrender, it's like, you know, I'm, I can't even tell you how I feel the fact that Kaylee and I met and everything that's been happening. And I recognize that that joy, I mean, there's bound to be some struggle. There's bound to be some trial or challenge. The catch is, is am I going to attach to it? Mm -hmm. Am I going to say, oh my gosh, this is happening? Or am I going to acknowledge that, well, if I look at my experiences and I objectively look at it and say, well, this brought me extreme joy. Well, now this is kind of troublesome, but it's okay because it's going to work out because this is part of it. And when you can actually see that it's all part of the same whole, then you're like, oh, well, that's just, yeah, that's just it. And then you can no longer attach to those outcomes because you're like, yeah, this is just the experience and we'll make it through and it'll be just fine. Yeah. Yeah, Finding more of the balance of it. Yeah. 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 It's like, like being in in Buddhism, it's finding the middle path. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like being attacked, like if, when the shit hits the fan, when you're in sorrow territory, it only sucks real bad if you're attached to the happiness mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. the happiness gets spoiled if you're attached to the sorrow yeah. like mm-hmm. it, 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 to to bring ramdas back into yeah. it you just yeah, gotta be just, present yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah like yeah. then you can enjoy and, it whether it's happiness yeah. or sorrow it's, and and the beauty and of it the is wave. yeah, yeah. Right, right, ride the wave, wave. And, <laughs> and the beauty of it is we actually get to experience that yeah. i mean we can't experience anger we can't experience jealousy we can't experience all these emotions one of my biggest turns of perception was i can't remember who it was that said it but you know when you look at all these emotions that we get to experience it's a privilege Mm -hmm. like it's amazing that we can feel such grief and despair when a loved one passes that we can feel that Mm -hmm. that we actually have that emotion and then we can go on this whole other spectrum be absolutely blissful and then next minute be so angry that we just want to break a rock or, you know, take a hammer or something, you know, whatever. Like we have these, we have the spectrum of things that we can express. And that's awesome Mm -hmm. because, you know, there are some animals like take a deer as an example. We don't always necessarily see them angry. You know, fish, if you, if fish in particular, like they don't have the same nerve networks that warrant happiness or those types of emotions. We know this based on the way that their nerves fire. So it's like, well, fish may never know anger. Well, that's not cool. That's a whole aspect of life. It's not getting to take part in. Mm-hmm. But, you know, mm-hmm. like other animals, like a dog, I think anybody can agree when you see a dog get sad, you know when the dog is sad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that dog is willing to feel that emotion. So then you get to acknowledge it and 
go from there. Mm-hmm. And I think our culture and a lot of things in our world today, you know, it's like, oh, if you if you're if you're like a spiritual person, like you have to be happy and 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 blissed all the time. And it's like, no, I'm gonna feel sad. I'm gonna mm-hmm. get angry. Mm-hmm. Like because if I'm denying that, then I'm denying a part of being human and being mm-hmm. who I am. And it, it, it's one of those, like you said, that paradox, you know, the whole notion of like attaining enlightenment and all that is to be in nirvana all the time. And it's like, well, but if you're in nirvana all the time, then you're kind of not having the full experience of being human. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not mm-hmm. really fun. Yeah. Like that's why we're here. <laughs> we're here to be human. Yeah. You know, we're I here think, to experience it all. I think it definitely gets to a point though, uh, to where those times become less and less, or you either know how to approach You know it. how to handle them. Yeah, you know how to approach it a lot more with the tools that you curate mm-hmm. throughout your life. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you yeah. feel those emotions coming up, okay, well, if I'm feeling this moment of sadness, do I want to sit in meditation right now, fully let it pass, and then you come out of that moment take a deep breath in. Okay. I felt it. Now let me move on. You know, it doesn't Mm -hmm. keep carrying though. That's the thing is how can you move through those emotions without letting it stay attached to you? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Oh, that's, that's so wild. (laughs) You talking about animals makes me think of like the video footage of the antelope that like it's like ass is getting eaten by a deer like not in a sexual way but like literally being devoured for food and like the antelope is still alive have you seen this no. you know what i'm talking about yeah it, like go look it up there's like video of a lion on the savannah digging its teeth into the flesh of this antelope oh, yeah. and the antelope is like sitting up looking around oh, like my God. Just like like not freaking out, like not dead, yeah. and it's like this, almost like this like weird, yeah. hard like hardcore yeah, form yeah, of yeah, surrender. Yeah. Like the deer, like and, and to bring it to a parable. Yeah. There's this story in Buddhism about like one of the like embodiments of one of the Buddhas, like comes across a mother tiger who is starving and gonna go hungry and won't like is unable to produce milk for her calves and so the calves are gonna starve unless the mother gets some food and so this like enlightened being knowing this like peels the flesh off of his own body and offers it to the mother tiger so that she can feed her cubs knowing that it's like sending forward yeah. like the energy of the universe and like that's what needs to be done to alleviate the suffering of these beings yeah, yeah. and so like it's it, it, and it's like a crazy thing where and that's a pretty high yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, we, yeah. can't, we can't like always be doing that like, <laughs> I, i'm nowhere near a cooked yeah. goose so there's times where, sorry i can't help you out i gotta get my own self together right um, but like to try and aspire to like be of service in that way Mm -hmm. and to like be non-attached to the 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 meat suit and everything that comes Mm -hmm. along with it Mm -hmm. like maybe one can you know offer up of themselves 
and, and like just create a positive ripple yeah, out yeah. into the world. Yeah. Um, however it, it is. Maybe it's an antelope letting a lion <laughs> devour <laughs> itself. Um, or maybe yeah. it's like giving a homeless person five bucks yeah. when they're sitting outside of McDonald's or something. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like, yeah, I, I, when I'm attached to my own identity i don't i'm i'm unable to get there Mm -hmm. Um, and and then i wonder why later yeah i have to show myself some compassion Uh, (laughs) i'm learning yeah yeah you can hug yourself too (laughs) (laughs) thank you thank you i need to be told that didn't hear that a lot growing up (laughs) in this culture so I appreciate hearing that more. <laughs> and so to bring it back into the sound yeah. world, you, yeah. you've taught, you, so the like Hertz thing, you were talking about different like notes hitting different places. Mm-hmm. And I really want to get into like the 440 versus 432 yeah. thing. Um, okay. Because this is, this is one of yeah. my, like, I love this whole thing. Yeah, so... I think you know. Well, might know more about it than me. Yeah, so historically, um, a lot of instruments were tuned to 432 hertz, which there isn't like a huge difference between 432 and 440. So they're both an A on the scale, so frequency-wise. Yeah, But yeah. one's obviously slightly lower. 8 hertz. And, yeah, 8 hertz. 8 hertz difference. Yeah. And so it's interesting because looking into history, the bulk of instruments like Stradivarian violins, as an example, all of them were tuned to 432. And instruments today can still be tuned to that. So like mm-hmm. like my hang drum as an example, I had the opportunity to either get it 440 or 432. I opted for 440 because, again, the World Music Association, the standard key and standard tuning mm-hmm. of all instruments is 440. Um, that didn't change until after World War II. And it's interesting to see how in World War II, what was being done during the Reich um, they were actually experimenting with a lot of things like that. So Hitler, I think most everybody knows, uh, was deeply embedded in occult sciences and all that kind of stuff, wanted to explore everything, whatever weapons they could use. And one of those ended up being frequency. And not to put blame or anything on them or all of that stuff, it is interesting, though, to look at the way that... Um, it's called cymatics, where you can see the physical form of water or like or sound through water or fire um, or even sand. The most common is sand. And so you'll put sand on like a black plate and then you play the sound through it and then it mm-hmm. creates geometric form. Yeah, it's yeah. absolutely stunning. Yeah. Anybody who's curious, check it out. Yeah, um, yeah cymatics is incredible. Uh, the coolest one's like with water because like there's a video. I'll have to send it to you and you can yeah. post it on, on your feed or your link. Yeah. Um, but a guy hits a a bass bass drum and the water goes from straight to coiled Mm -hmm. every time he hits it oh i've seen that yeah it's so cool (laughs) and and they do it with fire and they do it with um like one of those electrodes that shoot it's it's so neat but anyway um but 440 it it creates a, a geometric pattern so in the sand it takes shape well if you go down to a 432 it creates the same shape but in finer detail so rather than the form being kind of cloudy and, and dispersed, the 432 is more solid and put together and more whole in, in, its, in its vibration. And what we've noticed in uh, different studies is that 440, that particular frequency, strictly gravitates to the left side of the brain, mm-hmm. which is logic and reasoning and being able to organize and 
technic and technical features of, of uh, how we do things and completely avoids the right side of the brain, which is the creative element, the intuitive side, um, the whimsical and carefree surrendering side, if you will. Um, and when you do, when you play the 432, it's in perfect harmony with itself. So it actually interacts with both sides of the hemisphere in a healthy way. And so it's able to harmonize the mind faster than if you were to listen to 440. My own experiences that I've done with it to prove it to myself, because my thing is, is a lot of the stuff I read about, of course, online and everything's true on the internet. Mm -hmm. I mean, everything is. So um, I ended up downloading the program Audacity and through it, I can actually convert the frequencies. So um, any every song I would put into the program was at 440. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. So I decided to convert it to 432. And what it does is it slightly stretches the music. So it kind of pulls it out a little bit, opens it up. So the tracks are maybe like three or four seconds longer. What I noticed though, was that my body had a direct sensational change. So from 440 to 432, my body would relax and I could feel it. My heart rate would slow down a little. My The tension in my muscles would ease. And when I would go back to 440, I'd feel a little bit of anxiety. Like I could actually feel the difference in myself. And I'm like, whoa. And then when you play them side by side, um, I've done this for so many people. It create, it almost will create heart palpitations because your body doesn't know how to respond to the two sounds mm -hmm. and the two frequencies because even though they're closely the same, they're incredibly different in that way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's really interesting to have people who aren't really sure what to think about it. I always sound like, well, what's your favorite song? And I'll pull it up on YouTube and uh, I can use like a YouTube converter and then I'll feed the song through Audacity, convert mm -hmm. it to 432, play the normal, then play the 432. And you can hear the subtle differences between the two, which mm -hmm. usually are very subtle. Mm -hmm. But then when you play them together, that's when you're like, whoa, what's going on? Mm -hmm. And I've even noticed with like metal and rock, uh, house music and electronica, um, the bass notes, they actually open up and, and they are fuller and louder, yet they mm -hmm. are less intense on the ears and on the body. Which is mm -hmm. really interesting, mm -hmm. and I thought that was fascinating. Yeah, yeah, I'll have yeah. to dig into that more because as I've been getting into like the DJing, I'm like paying more attention to like levels and decibels and mm -hmm. like learning about like luffs and stuff, mm -hmm. like measures of loudness, um, and like see like there was a, a dj of mine who like posted on his instagram page mr bill shout out to mr bill love that guy um and he like posted something it was like whoa guys can you believe how loud this sounds it's only like negative 14 luffs and like i can listen to different songs and like in my daw the peaks are the same but in the headphones this one sounds louder and fuller than this one mm -hmm. based on like the shape of the frequency mm -hmm. and just like how those frequencies interact. And I mean, that's harmony. That's yeah. harmony is like when two frequencies are mathematically proportional, it mm -hmm. sounds pleasing to the ear. Like that's mm -hmm. thirds and fifths mm -hmm. in like the Western major scale. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like they sound good because it's, and I think it's even like the golden ratio or yeah. something yeah. is in there. Like yeah. to just tie everything yeah. together. Mm -hmm. um, like, and, and, and so, yeah, I, yeah, that's that's neat that you've experienced like mm -hmm. 
a different sound in the bass when when augmenting the frequency Mm -hmm. Uh, because you know everyone loves a sick bass oh yeah oh yeah come on oh yeah yeah right (laughs) and and, and, uh mickey hart of the grateful dead Mm -hmm. one of the drummers he's talked about like how like he plays the beam it's this giant metal eye beam that he has piano strings strung across Mm -hmm. and it just like creates this giant blanket of sound like when he plays that in an amphitheater and like those long frequencies are able to totally form it's like nothing else and he's talked about the therapeutic Mm -hmm. aspect of the bass frequencies that he's pumping out and Mm -hmm. so like it's it's so neat to really have you bring this back up into my awareness because i like dug into all this stuff Mm -hmm. when i was like in high school and my like early 20s like about a decade ago or so and like kind of got away Mm -hmm. from it um got a little cynical and skeptical which is always good i want to hold on to some of that but like yeah there's a lot in the there's a lot in the woo woo world and then there's some of it that's really beneficial and some of it's Mm -hmm. that's total bullshit like yeah yeah Yeah. and i always encourage people you know is that especially with all this stuff, you know, and, and, you know, diving into like crystals, you know, meditation and how it all works and stuff. It's like, you know, don't take my word for it right away. First and foremost, be your own scientist, Mm -hmm. create experiments. You know, like I wanted to know, like, as an example, crystals, I wanted to know if they worked. I was like, so this is clearly a thing. People wear them. Like we wear them. We put them in our pockets. Like, is there something, is there really something going on here? And I had, the very fortunate ability to work for Costco and through there, what I would do is I formed my own hypothesis and I was like, well, what would happen if I put a crystal in my right pocket and went to work? So I went to work for three days and I observed how my days went. Then I took it out of my pocket and then for three days I went without it. And then I observed that day and how did they go? Then I went back to work with it in my pocket again. And you know, it's just finding those ways that you can experiment with it to find results and then come to your own conclusions about it. And the best part is, is when you do come to conclusions, then you meet people who are open to the conversation. Like, you know, Kaylee and I, as an example, you know, like I can go to Kaylee and be like, so is this how you experienced this? Like, have you experienced it this way? Cause this is how I experienced it. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you can have those conversations. And the beauty of it is, is that it's likely that we don't experience it the same way. Mm-hmm. But then when we talk about it, we get to expand the way that we experience it because she has her own way. I'm like, oh, I never thought about it like that. Mm-hmm. You know, like I had a friend who, has no notion, well, I should say no notion, but doesn't really feel crystal energies, but it is interesting the crystals that are gifted to her Mm. and how they come to her because the bulk of her crystals have been gifted to her and the ones that she's gifted represent in like their properties what she just went through Mm -hmm. or what she just experienced. And I was like, I never saw it like that. Mm. Like, Mm -hmm. what if crystals come to you when you've learned that? when you've embraced that or something like that, it's like, Mm. Oh, it's never been in my experience before, but that would be really neat to check that out. Like, can I do that? Like, and then of course, then you build a new hypothesis Mm -hmm. and you go from there. Same thing with the music. You know, it's like, you know, I can sing certain notes, but what happens if I learn how to overtone sing? Would that change the way that the note comes forward and how people respond to it? Mm -hmm. Things like Mm -hmm. that. And like just developing experience experiments and like, okay, if I sing this note, like, ah, 
where does the vibration settle? Well, ah settles in the chest, right over the heart. And that's actually the general vowel sound for if you're wanting to work in your emotional body is, is ah. Mm -hmm. And so different words or different sounds then have different spaces in the body. And so it's like, okay, so if I do E, then that's going to work mostly in the mind. So if I do E a lot, will I notice greater intuition or will my brain be a little more active? Like all that kind of stuff. And it's just be a scientist. Have fun with it. Mm -hmm. You know, don't yeah. don't be like, oh, it's not like this. Just like, and just write it off. off. It's yeah. like, no, I'm gonna, I want to explore it. Be I want to experiment. Like my curiosity, my mm -hmm. curiosity was too great. Like that's why I mean, I got into like oracle cards and and things of that nature because it's like, is there something going on here? Can I see it? If I experiment enough with it, will something come of it? And find your own conclusions. And if it doesn't work, mm -hmm. then go to something else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Explore yeah. somewhere else. Yeah. Maybe it leads you to something different. Mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. and it's fun and it's part of the journey and it's, <laughs> yeah. and it's again it's that surrendering aspect you yeah. know like i would have never thought that going to a buddhist temple would have supported my faith i just would have never thought i mean even initially when i started going out to the temple my parents were concerned they were like, oh, Aaron's going to the temple. Like, you know, it's, we, we don't know if that's a good thing, you know, and they even contacted a cousin of theirs who uh, he is a Catholic monk down in Florida. And they asked him about it. And he was like, wait, what's Aaron doing? And they're like, oh, yeah, he's out at a Buddhist temple, like meditating with some monks. He goes, well, that's great. You should, oh, you should totally be encouraging them. That's so good. Nice. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it was fascinating to, you know, have the freedom to challenge those things and to find answers and to ask questions i mean the biggest thing that we came across you know the other day we've been watching the show uh, kaylee introduced me to uh the uh host of it he says you know it's not it's not the answers that we want it's ultimately the question it's the right question mm -hmm. that opens the perception mm -hmm. and opens up the mind to it so it's asking the right question not mm -hmm. getting the right answer yeah well, that's the point of philosophy. Yeah. I have a friend who is a philosophy major and, and another friend who's the same. And in talking to them both, they've both said that the point of philosophy is not to find answers. It's to discover better questions. Mm -hmm. And like, uh, uh, are you familiar with game theory or like the infinite game theory? Sounds familiar. I probably read about so, it a long time ago. So it's, there's, I can't remember the name of the guy who wrote the book. Um, but the idea is that, like, there's two kinds of games. There's finite and there's infinite games. And finite games are played to win. Mm -hmm. And when someone wins, there's a winner, there's a loser, game over. And then infinite games are played for the sake of continuing to play the game. Mm -hmm. And if you set up your life to be an infinite game, then a, there, you're never going to be a loser because there's no losers uh, to quote the grateful dead. There ain't no winner in the game. You don't go home with all. Uh, and, <laughs> and like, it just, it becomes fun. Like who it, it becomes play in the true sense of the word, yeah. like not playing to win, but playing to, to, enjoy the song like i've been thinking about like play like like in my spiritual practice it's called a practice and i've been yeah. thinking like okay well why am i practicing and like am i practicing like to get to the game and i'm like <laughs> like where's where's the field that i and like mm -hmm. no one told me what time to show up <laughs> like, 
<laughs> and then I'm like, wait, no, I think like I'm practicing like to play. Mm-hmm. And like if I can't get to that place of mm-hmm. joyful, carefree play, then I need to like do I need to check myself and hope like hopefully I have people around me. I do thankfully have people around me (laughs) that can help check me uh, when I get out of of (laughs) my lane. Um, Yeah. I like to tell myself at times, like would my inner child approve of this? Like would, if I was seven, if I was six or seven, would I approve or would they approve? Because it's like, if I'm not having fun and they're not having fun, then what's the point? Yeah. Like my dad, uh, way back when I got my first job, he told me, he goes, okay, Aaron, I'm going to tell you the best advice you can have for work. I said, okay. He goes, have fun. I said, okay. And he goes, make sure you stay within the rules and you do everything that they want or need you to do, but make it fun. If you can make it fun, then you'll never work a day in your life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I have done everything I could at every job I've ever had to have fun. And the days where we do have fun, yeah, we're not working, we're just having fun. Mm-hmm. And we're still doing everything, but we're having fun. Yeah. And that's the yeah. goal. Because, you know, if we're going to spend the bulk of our time working, then why not make it fun? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's even like, that's even like you know, spiritual practices and rituals. You might as well make them fun. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. make them entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, if, if we're going through some, like, resurrection ritual, why not go climb a, like, a really auspicious looking uh, like rock wall to get to this cool <laughs> cave I, I did that in uh, March just here recently there's a spot where it's pretty sloped but you could walk on it safely like if you know how to lean against the wall and put most of your weight down like yeah you can easily get across but it's like but that can be like a fun sort of rite of passage like oh yeah you climbed the side of the mountain and you got into the cave you know and like you know just things like that and just make it fun and then have a big drum circle you know like in celebration you know yeah, yeah. and so it's just it's making it all part of that adventure. What you're talking about, like the infinite game. It's like, you know, when you can step into that and recognize that there is all that we can learn from each other and all that we can experience and all that we can explore. It's like, well, yeah, there is no end to it. Mm-hmm. And that's the beauty of it. And that's the fun of it. Mm-hmm. That's where you get blissed out because yeah. you're like, oh, yeah, I, 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 my muscles hurt because I'm learning how to rock climb. Great. Cool. Like, that's a great bit of suffering you know mm-hmm. like uh i've started reading um uh what's what's the book called mark hansen's book um the one that i uh, like how not to give a fuck yeah the subtle art of subtle not giving a fuck yeah yeah okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> i started reading that and one of the things he asks is you know what are you willing to suffer for not what are you willing to live for? Ask yourself, what are you willing to suffer for? Mm-hmm. What pain are you willing to go through? Because we're going to go through pain no matter mm-hmm. what. So what pain is worth it? And it's like, mm-hmm. no one had ever really approached me in that way. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, going through the pain of learning a martial art would be worth it. Mm-hmm. That's totally worth it. Going through the pain of, you know, letting go of everything I thought, you know, was going to be my life and everything is totally worth it. Sure, it's painful, but I'm looking at all the things that are coming of it and I'm getting ready to live my passion with Kaylee and we're going to be doing it together, no less, because she wants to do it too. And I'm going to be in a place where I love, but it requires me to go through the pain of letting go of new relationships in the sense that we won't be around each other all the time. I won't be able to go to ecstatic dance with you guys. Like, you know, like all that kind of stuff, but that's a pain I'm willing to go through for the joy that's going to be out on the other side. Mm -hmm. And then the Mm -hmm. best part is then is that now we all have this unique connection where Mm -hmm. 
if, for example, you guys ever were to come out to Sedona, it's like, yeah, we know exactly what you need to do or like where you'd want to go, things you might like, you know, or whatever. We have, you have this landing pad and this space where it's like, yeah, we're going to introduce you to everybody and you're going to fit right in, you know, kind of deal. And so there is this mutual growth that we then experience mm -hmm. through then my choice to go through that suffering and that pain. <laughs> yeah. And you know why you're doing it too. It's not uh Sisyphus pushing the rock up the hill. Yeah. Mm. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> walking under a rainbow right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's really cool. My uh my grandpa before I went on a a long strange trip gave me the first piece of advice. He said, "Grandson, in life people are going to give you they're going to tell you there's all kinds of secrets to success. They're going to try and sell you books and everything. But I'm going to tell you this. There's only one secret to success, and that is work hard. Work hard and you will be successful. And so, like, I spent a couple of years doing that, working hard, like, digging in and, like, putting my nose to the grindstone. And then a couple of years later, I called him to ask him for money again. <laughs> and, <laughs> I, and he said, grandson, you remember when I told you the, the secret to success? And I said, yeah, grandpa, I've been working hard. I've been, I've been putting my effort in. And he said, okay, well, that's good, but I didn't tell you everything. There's another secret to success. The second part is you have to enjoy it. Mm -hmm. You have to work hard, but you have to enjoy it. And then you will be successful. And I think he's a smart dude for splitting those up. Because like yeah. me as a young person, if he would have told me, work hard and have fun. Just me personally, I would have been like, work hard and have fun. Yeah, I'm going to go have fun. <laughs> Maybe I'll work hard, but I'm going to have fun. <laughs> and so it's like, I, I, it's cool that your dad gave you a similar sort of advice mm -hmm. catered to you. You have a different personality mm -hmm. for, from me. He, um, he, knew, he knew that the working hard aspect would probably come later, but yeah. but he, my, my mother was the one who mostly raised me on the work hard part. Mm. Um, she was the one who kind of taught me everything through school. And mm. you, my parents did this sort of, uh, I don't know, I guess I'll call it a split raising thing. I mean, because of course, both my parents raised my brother and I, but like my dad took dominant uh, influence over my brother and my mom took dominant inf influence over me. Mm -hmm. And like my mom, I was very much routine, you know, got up same time every day, got mm -hmm. home from school, watched my show, then did homework. Like it was very much routine, study, study, make sure you do this, chores are this, all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. And so uh, it is interesting to observe the way that, you know, my life has sort of swung from both those perspectives from where for the, my early life, I was very much methodical and in routine. But then as I transferred through the end of high school into college, I started to move towards the free flowing, have fun kind of enjoyment side. But now I'm going back the other way yet with the awareness of both bringing yeah. it together and yeah. so something kaylee and i have been doing you know and, and what i've been observing and excited to be you know getting more involved in is the work aspect of making the fun happen mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so it's more of i'm gonna work for the fun because it's fun mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. taking the 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 lessons of both and saying okay well i get to have fun and work at the same time, which is fun for everybody. I find, too, that the harder you work on yourself in mm -hmm. return creates the outlook of easier, easier job for you mm -hmm. because you're able to tolerate 
um, as well as bringing in the having fun part, you know, mm-hmm. the harder I've worked on myself, the, the easier it is to have that abundance in life all around, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Ram Dass said, the best thing I can do for you is to work on myself. And mm-hmm. the best thing you can do for me is to work mm-hmm. on yourself. Yep. I mean, mm-hmm. goals of the road trip that we're about to take is to sit down and come up with, I'm going to ask him, and what's what's in your routine that you enjoy that is healthy habits, you know, to formulate your life and your day. What, what are those things? And we're going to do the same for myself. So that way when we come mm-hmm. together and are in a space together, it's, all right, we're both taking care of ourselves. Like I know my social limits, mm-hmm. you know, and when I'm ready to have those done, you know, I would respect that. And how can we work and flow together, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming over, Kaylee. Yeah, I'm glad that it worked you. out that you ended up in town yeah, today. It's, it's really nice having you here. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Yeah. This is well, fantastic. I, how long have we been going? It's been <laughs> just about an hour, so I I won't keep you too much longer. Well, if you got so, any other lingering questions or things, I mean, be more than happy to answer. Yeah, I mean, we were just gonna go to Coney Island after this. Cause I gotta, gotta get, get her, me a Coney gotta get dog. her classic four wing Coney. Dude, yeah, I know. Totally, dude. Yeah, I know. Got to sit at the bar. You got to sit at the bar, not at a table. Yeah, not at a bar yeah. seat. Like, yeah, got to yeah. do it the whole uh-huh. tradition. Get some ice cream at the 05 Scoop Shop next door afterwards. Yeah, that's a lovely (laughs) spot. Yeah, yeah. There's a whole... Yeah, there you go. I'm so excited. Mm, The the fresh onions, that honey sauce. Uh You know they sell them by the box? You can call in and like order a dozen pony dogs to go. And they shove them in a box and they all get soggy together and it's Ooh, amazing like, they might put like a piece of deli paper between the like, top but and just, bottom but just layer. one but yeah just one <laughs> it's, it definitely soaks through that paper at that thing <laughs> that's very cool that's very yeah. cool that's gonna be great man yeah, yeah i uh <laughs> i'm going over to watch a dead and company show with my mom and sister the uh nice. final tour of Dead and Company is in full swing right now. Uh, I'm a deadhead. I quoted several dead yeah. songs yeah, yeah. while we were talking. I think, yeah, I think they're Dustin Phoenix. Hmm? Yeah. I'm pretty sure yeah. they're Dustin yeah. Phoenix. Yeah, a, a week ago today. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was watching the show because they're live streaming them all. So, oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's awesome. we, we, we've, uh, we've got the surround sound system set up. I've hooked oh, okay. way yeah. more speakers <laughs> into it than is probably safe and intend to hook in more. <laughs> Man, it's a lot of fun. I, I'm super grateful to him uh, for like making the music accessible. Like that's something I'm like taking to heart as I'm like doing my music thing. Like, uh, like doing, I'm doing a volunteer uh gig like just it's just running sound i'm not really playing but doing it like a community event in a couple weeks and like trying to keep like costs low and just like offer offer music to the people like make it accessible like you know i'm gonna have to charge ticket prices sometimes i gotta put strings on my guitar mm-hmm. and then chuck sweet. chuck and sell them for free at sweet water yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah so yeah, that's it's, and I think it's really cool in that aspect that there's like accessible music and art mm-hmm. out there for people. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. So in that line, uh, do you, you're leaving town soon, Friday. so you probably don't have any events 
coming up, but do you have any places that you want to direct people? Any uh, landing sites? Do you have a website? Um, uh, social media? Yeah, so um, Instagram and Facebook, uh, Waves Around You is uh, the business and the overall uh, music theme name. Um, it's going to be a blue logo with a gold like spherical in it. It's it's up on Instagram. You'll see both of our names uh, mm-hmm. when you search it. Um if anybody's in Sedona, we do have our first event on June 14th. Uh, we'll be doing every Wednesday sound healing, hopefully eventually cool. getting it live streaming. Sweet. So stay tuned Sweet. as we grow and expand. But mm-hmm. I do feel like our intention behind being in Sedona is going to be more building foundations because uh, it's a comfortable environment for us to learn how we practice together. What do we see out of it? And eventually we will be live streaming as well as hopefully traveling coming back here doing yeah. events mm-hmm. that's like mm-hmm. that's the goal in spreading it because Sedona is like the spiritual hub the healing mm-hmm. hub well we already know that so like how can we take those pieces that we've learned and bring it and expand it mm-hmm. and share it yeah. so um, so we'll be in touch with tulip tree <laughs> and, and with you yeah, and everybody absolutely. here in town and mm-hmm. get something scheduled up i know um i had attended the unity uh, church here in Fort Wayne for many years and I know they've also been uh, willing to host this as well cool. so we'll either have it through you or we'll have it over at Unity however like we'll mm-hmm. we'll be around and we'll make it work and all of that mm-hmm. um, I do want to interject a plug on some good reads for people who are yeah. looking into the whole notion of surrender and like all this kind of stuff we've actually been reading um, The Alchemist by Paulo oh, Coelho. Paulo Coelho yeah I love yeah. Paulo Coelho so I want to plug that in there for people who are you know wanting to you know have a greater understanding of some of the things that we've gone through and the experiences that we've had you know we've even recently like some of the chapters we got into it's like okay this literally just happened in our life like just now now. it's like oh my gosh okay um that's really great that's one of those books that does that coelho just Mm -hmm. is a uh, a mystic of some sort. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, his, Absolutely. his books find All people at the right time. Yeah. yeah. And then awesome. um, for those on a greater sort of spiritual path and want something that's really uh, uh, inspirational and in some of the things that can like happen in someone's life, um, Autobiography of a Yogi mm-hmm. um, by Paramahansa Yogananda. Yogananda. Those are the two yeah. books. Those are the two books I would recommend to anybody mm-hmm. who wants to experience more of the art of surrender and like, reading the signs of your life and things of that nature. But then to have somebody who related his own experience and his own life experience. And, you know, I actually finished that book on my very first trip out to Sedona. Mm -hmm. I finished it on the flight there. And uh, it's definitely a a powerful read. And he has quite quite the life. Mm -hmm. So... Nice. I think I think that's about all, really. Just yeah, if you're yeah. ever in, in Sedona, hit us up. And... I'd say too, if anybody just wants to reach out for any questions at all, we're definitely available to answer. Um, maybe potential retreats. So if anybody's mm-hmm. interested, cool. you know, definitely check us out. We Thank have you. a space. Thank you. Yeah. Casa Ramuda, that place. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I definitely want to get out there and check it out. <laughs> uh, my uh, a part of my heart lives in Arizona. My family. Spent a summer living in Tucson when I was between third and fourth grade. And like, I still have a vivid memory of going in the backyard of the house we were staying and looking at Mount Lemon and seeing the line of the wildfire Mm. out at night because there was a wildfire Mm -hmm. while we were there. And like that, yeah, just like that 
the power of nature is very evident mm -hmm. out there. Um, and I've been to Arizona once or twice since and always, always love it. Um, so haven't been to Sedona, so yeah. now I have a reason. Oh, it's ma it's this magic. Is great. This it's is great. Magic. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll we'll have Mother to talk. Gaia, our Mother Sedona, excuse me, you're talking about nature. <laughs> <laughs> Mother Sedona, it's yeah, it's she, and uh, she's loving and yeah. kind. Yeah. She welcomes yeah. you in. She's yeah, great. yeah, I'll definitely have to make it out yeah. there. Maybe before the year is out. I need a vacation. Let us know. Uh, sometime after this summer. This is a crazy summer. Yeah. Need to Allegiant. get away. Yeah. Allegiant and Casa Ramuda. So. Cool. Yeah. Allegiant. It's usually cheap and directly there. Sweet. So. Sweet. Yeah. Cool. After you get all settled, I'll try to be in touch and we can figure oh, something yeah. out. Oh, yeah. And of oh, course, yeah. you guys are welcome back in Fort Wayne. Anytime. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, yeah, I'm excited for the future. It's really cool, like, seeing how, how everybody's digging in. Like, I, myself, just in, like, the past couple months I've felt a shift in my life where I feel like I've gone from like the education phase of my life to like the work mm -hmm. period Action. of my Agreed. life like I, I, I did a mm -hmm. non-traditional education I like I dropped out of college went to cosmetology school quit that business got a yoga certification did that for a year and got my now I have my surf safe certification in a kitchen and so like after getting that it was like okay I've got the skills and now it's time to like put the rubber to the road yeah. and I, strangely enough now I like have more music stuff going on mm -hmm. that like I am just willing to put yeah. in the work um, so I'm really excited to continue awesome. doing that and like just see what happens and what flourishes. Awesome. Um, and how, it's gonna be so fun. Like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's it, the beauty yeah. of seeing how the mystery of it all unfolds. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's that's what I've been you know just letting go and watching. Just like okay, how's this gonna? Oh, it's, okay, it's gonna do that. I guess I could have thought of that, but that's better than what I thought of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like a, a thought that has come into my mind is that my life is going exactly according to plan but it is not at all like i expected yeah like yeah okay yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. this is exactly this is what i had exactly what i thought it was out, gonna go but, but like no idea that yeah. this is how it was gonna fall together <laughs> which is like like really really cool mm -hmm. i'm grateful that i'm able to like taste a little bit of that contentment in this life yeah. um before i die and expire <laughs> and return to the earth as we all will eventually oh yeah um, <laughs> Aaron and Kaylee, thanks for holding down the fort with me. Absolutely. Uh, links to everything will be in the show notes below. We recorded video, so we'll see if that if anything that comes of that. Yeah, well, well hey, you know, guinea pigs, we gotta yeah, do it. Yeah, I got the, the last episode released today, so I have two weeks to get my shit together before this comes out. So maybe I'll start a YouTube channel. There we um, go. Yeah. And, and make this even more accessible. Yeah, uh, for sure. People, I think, I think it'd be great. People have been asking. I don't know. I didn't really anticipate that people would want video. Yeah, so yeah. I, I watch podcasts. Audio. And I'm like, I kind of, I enjoy I like watching them. it. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. I, I, I don't really. Like, I put my headphones in and do the dishes and, like, get chores done. Mm -hmm. I feel feel like I'm wasting time if I sit down and watch people have yeah. a conversation. I've done it in the past. Yeah. I've watched a, a younger me watched full episodes of the Joe Rogan experience. 
<laughs> not good ones either. <laughs> ones I'm a little embarrassed about now. Uh, but it was very educational. So we'll see about getting some video up here. And uh, yeah, safe travels to thank both you, of you. you. Thank you. Um, thank you. And we'll definitely see you back in the fort soon. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Aaron, and thanks, Kaylee, for being awesome guests on the show. It really was a two-for-one on this episode. Isn't that all your money's worth? Uh, the price is right, as my great-grandfather used to say. So, uh, yeah, be be checking out their stuff, uh, what Aaron's doing, what Kaylee is doing, what's, uh, what's up with their stuff is going to be very interesting. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, it'll be neat to see what, what these two get themselves into out in the great desert state of Arizona. All the best to you both. Uh, so, yeah, let's see. Events, June 16th, Solstice Dance at Silver Birch with the caravan. I didn't say where it was before, but that's at Silver Birch Studios here in Fort Wayne. June 23rd, Renegade Queer Cookout Party at Sweeney Park. And then June 24th, that's a Saturday, Healing Hands Night Market, Healing Hands Spa. We're back at it. It's going to be a lot of fun. So now I have something very special. Aaron, uh, as we talked about, plays the hang drum and wrote a special song that he plays he played it at a couple ecstatic dances and i closed my set at the promenade dance last week with this song with this recording actually and it was it was really special so i hope you enjoy this song from aaron on the hang drum so aaron plays the hang drum he's gonna play the hang drum for us absolutely we'll play the song take it away sir
Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Till next time. Till next time. <laughs> <laughs>